This is the Daily Detail, powered by 1819 News, Honest News. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. The voice of Alabama values. Alabama. Unbelievable people. And now, here is Andrea Tice. Two state lawmakers tell 1819 News that they are not in favor of any expansion of Medicaid here in the state. State Senators Chris Elliott and Clyde Chambliss have both spoken with 1819's executive editor Jeff Poor on FM Talk 106.5 out of Mobile. The two state lawmakers address the continued rumors that are swirling out there that there will be an attempt within the upcoming state legislative session to expand this federal program. Here's Chambliss. You have to know how you're going to pay for it long term before you jump off into that. And 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 I've heard anecdotal, you know, some people say, well, you know, it'll pay for itself. With the, That's just not the way finances work. If somebody can show me that, we could talk. But I, I, I don't see that happening. But uh, it, it's 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 a tough haul. And the reason that we're in the financial shape that we're in right now is because we've been conservative with our dollars and not overextended ourselves and stuff that we can't maintain long term. Elliot also weighed in on where he stands with this issue. It is absolutely not happening on my watch. Uh, that is a, a horrible idea for the state, and not just from the cost standpoint, because the federal government is going to leave us in the lurch on that. I mean, they will say, oh, we're going to fund 90% of it or 100% of it, and then we'll dial it back to 70. They're going to leave us in the lurch, and Alabama will be saddled with a huge entitlement program um, that we can't afford, that we can ill afford. And then, again, there are the societal issues that come along with that. If you disincentivize work, if you disincentivize um, grown people being um, being responsible, having a job and providing their own health insurance by giving it to them for free, uh, they won't go to work. And we've seen that all too often. Uh, half of all the children born in the state of Alabama are born into, into Medicaid through our CHIPS program right now. And that means we're giving mothers and children great prenatal care and children first year or so, they're getting great care, and that's all well and good. But if you have half of the population that, 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 that's being born is, is being born on the government dole, that's backwards. We cannot go further than that. We probably shouldn't have gone as far as we have. And I'm completely unwilling, and I'm glad my colleague Senator Chambliss is, is on that uh, on the same side there. I, I just think it's a bad, bad public policy uh, decision. And this week, the Daily Detail was able to catch up with a Birmingham pastor to discuss a decision that was made last week by the Episcopal Church leadership. During their 80th annual convention, the bishops passed a resolution supporting transgenderism at any age, essentially saying that the church will promote those who are seeking to become transgender and they will oppose any legislation that would seek to stop that from happening. In the first line of the statement from the Episcopal Church, they recognize that humans are made in the image of God, but then they go on to advocate for access to transgender hormones and surgery for all ages. Pastor Rich Lusk is the senior pastor of the Trinity Presbyterian Church in Birmingham. He expressed disappointment at what he sees as a further compromise on the basic truths of the Christian faith. It's one more uh, compromise and a long string of compromises that the Episcopal Church and, of course, a number of other uh, denominations have made, which is obviously very sad and um, very frustrating to watch happen. I think this is the kind of thing that happens when the Great Commission gets reversed, and instead of the church discipling the nations, the nations begin to, to disciple the church. 
and the culture has way more influence over the church than the church has over the culture. I, I compare it. You now there, there are times when I'll be reading in the old Testament and all of a sudden Israel turns to uh, some kind of idol worship. Like they start worshiping Baal and you, you're reading through the history of Israel and you wonder after all Yahweh has done for Israel, how can they go after other gods? How can they turn to another God? But that's exactly what I think is, is happening here. Uh, they, so I, I would say a church that adopts this kind of gender ideology is, and they can use image of God language. They might still use all kinds of biblical language. I know elsewhere they talked about baptism. You know, they, so there may be all kinds of things where they have Bible language or what seems to be biblical practices, but they have departed from the God of the Bible. They've departed from the God who made us male and female. They used image of God in the first one. In the second, they refer to their baptismal call to respect right, right. the dignity of every human being. But where's their baptismal call to respect and worship God? Right. They don't listen that is- to that. I was trying to think of a, a comparable situation. All these Episcopal bishops go to a go to a church. They all have a facility of some sort where they practice their faith speak of their faith and disciple others. I can guarantee you, Pastor Lusk, that if I showed up there with an ax and some lighter fluid and spray paint on, uh, you know, in a, in a bag, and I decided that um, this, this edifice that has been created to honor their faith and their God uh, needed to be, I don't know, reconstructed <laughs> by right. way of taking an ax to the pulpit and the pews and spray painting the windows. I don't think they would appreciate that, but that's exactly what they're saying when they say we're made in the image of God, but we are going to help support you in defacing that image. Right. I, I agree. That, that is a good analogy. It's just, you know, that, that church building would be their property. And so you don't get to deface it. Well, the image of God, we belong to God. We don't get to deface God's image. And that's what you're doing with this transgender ideology. It's assuming ownership of yourself and that you can, uh, you can basically determine it, it, it really goes back to the lie of the serpent in the garden. You shall be as God. You get to be your own creator. You can be whatever you imagine yourself to be, whatever you feel like being. Your feelings, your imaginations have become your God at that point. And so you've departed from the God of Scripture. And I think especially to uh, impose this kind of gender ideology on children is nothing short of child abuse, quite frankly. Stick around for the next two days of The Daily Detail, Wednesday and Thursday, as I continue my conversation with Pastor Lusk about this issue. The Executive Committee of the Southern Baptist Convention has confirmed that the denomination is under investigation by the U.S. Department of Justice. The SBC further confirmed that the investigation has to do with the sexual abuse cases that were only recently brought to light through a third-party audit and report. The statement from the SBC also says that the leadership continues to grieve and lament the past mistakes of previous leaders when it comes to these sexual abuse cases and that they are fully and completely cooperating with this investigation The SBC Executive Committee also said they are working to implement measures that ensure these mistakes are not repeated in the future. Two Alabama original food items are coming together for a delicious duo. Jack's Family Restaurant will be offering Wickles Pickles with their bacon burger. This will happen across the state of Alabama, Georgia, Mississippi, and Tennessee. The burger-pickle combo was first test marketed in the town of Clanton and was such a big hit that all Jacks throughout the state will be offering the Wickles Pickles Bacon Burger starting this Wednesday. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, go to 1819news.com. 
In national news, some House Republicans are now getting involved when it comes to the FBI raid on Donald Trump's home in Florida. Certain House Judiciary Committee members have sent a letter to the U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland, the director of the FBI, Christopher Wray, and the White House Chief of Staff Ron Klain. The Republican committee members want the documents that were written up to justify and order the raid on Trump's home. The Republicans write to Garland saying that Americans deserve answers to the Biden administration's continued misuse of law enforcement resources against political opponents. They made these comments in light of how the FBI and DOJ have treated parents involved in school board meetings in the past, labeling them as domestic terrorists. Along with the documents that the Republicans are seeking, they also want all communications involved in the decision-making to seek a search warrant. Ohio Republican Jim Jordan is a member of the House Judiciary Committee. He recently went on Newsmax to reveal that at least 14 FBI whistleblowers have contacted him and other members of Congress about this recent raid and the decision-making at the top that caused it to be implemented. Understand the template here. The template never changes with these guys. It's the left creates a lie. Big media, mainstream press reports the lie. Big tech amplifies the lie. And then when we try to tell the truth, they call us names and try to cancel us and tell us and tell the world that, oh, we're the ones not not being square with them. So the country, though, the good news is they figured it out. And I'll tell you who else has figured it out. 14 FBI agents have come to our office as whistleblowers. And they are good people. There are lots of good people in the FBI. It's the top that's the problem. But some of these good agents are coming to us telling us this is baloney what's going on. The political nature now of the Justice Department, God bless them for doing it, coming and talking to us about the school board issue, about a whole host of issues. I mean, it's becoming a well-worn trail of agents who say this has got to stop. And thank goodness for them. And thank goodness that the American people recognizes it. And I believe they're going to make a big change on November 8th. And when it comes to the FBI raid, Donald Trump now says that among the things that were taken from his living quarters in First Lady Melania's wardrobe were his passports. This is on top of the documents that Trump claims involved attorney-client privilege. This raises the possibility that not only did the FBI violate Trump's Sixth Amendment right regarding privileged communications, but also his Fourth Amendment right when it comes to unreasonable searches and listing out all the documents and effects that are being sought. The search warrant that was written and approved by Attorney General Merrick Garland does not list Trump's passport as part of the document search. Trump went on Truth Social to make the claim saying that the FBI stole his three passports. He called it an assault on a political opponent at a level never seen before in this country. Cruise lines are facing a worker shortage and have started to make cancellations of their fall trips. Carnival and Norwegian cruise lines are cutting down on the number of sailings or they're reducing passenger capacity for their upcoming fall season. Carnival's Princess Cruises on its Diamond Princess has already canceled 11 cruises due to the shortage in help. P&O Cruises, which is part of Carnival Corporation, canceled eight. Special events and specialized services that have normally been offered on these cruises are now being cut back in order for these cruises to set sail with less workers on board. The CEO of Pfizer, Albert Borla, confirms on social media that he has COVID-19. Borla also says that he has already taken his own company-made vaccine, which means he's had two shots, but he also confirms that he's taken two more boosters. That's a total of four. Borla is 60 years old and says his symptoms are mild at this point and that he will be taking a course of Paxlovid on top of all the shots that he already took before to supposedly prevent him from getting the virus. Or at least that's what he told the American people when the vaccine was first rolled out. It was safe and effective. 
You're listening to The Daily Detail from 1819 News. Be sure and check out Phil Williams on Right Side Radio. As he warns, here comes the revenuers. With 87,000 new agents, who will the IRS be looking at? Well, under the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022, that's the bill we're talking about, the Internal Revenue Service will spend an extra 79.6, just rounded up to 80, what's a little extra, over the next 10 years, billion by the way, 79.6 billion over the next 10 years to help the agency dig out of a backlog of unprocessed paper returns and staff up to take aim at the country's highest earners. Sure they will. But here's the deal. The article from News Nation now goes on to say that a recent study from Syracuse University found that the poorest families were audited at a rate five times higher than everyone else. The poorest families. The figure compared to just the 2% of, of millionaires that were audited. Listen, here's the deal. It's easier to go after the folks who can't afford to pay the lawyers and CPAs to help them defend the audit. So they go after them. And so, yeah, five times higher rate of auditing on the poorest families in America. What do you think is going to happen when they have 87? And oh, by the way, they're going to have 87,000, a lot of which are going to be newbies, newbies who are being trained. And so what are they going to do? Are they going to give them a millionaire who can afford to fight it and make the newbie look bad? No. They're going to say, here, take these uh, four or five uh, mom and pop shops and take these, uh, take these families, working stiff families and, uh, and, and the single moms. Go audit them for a few years and uh, earn your bones. And that's what they'll do. They'll go out there and prove themselves so they can get the big ticket audits later on. That, that's just, I'll just mark my words. This is a recipe for disaster. You can find more of that podcast at rightsideradio.org. If you're enjoying the daily detail, remember you can get those reports directly to your iPhone or electronic device simply by going to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or some other podcasting app and subscribing. And as an end of a report reminder, remember that for every bad actor that makes it to the headlines, there are always millions of others who are doing the right thing each and every day, whether it gets reported in the news or not. I'm Andrea Tice. I'll be back again tomorrow. I look forward to updating you then. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. Alabama. Of Alabama. This has been The Daily Detail. For more up-to-date news, go to 1819news.com, where you'll find honest news and Alabama values. 